welcome everyone to another episode of the Footy Game Day Squad Show. I'm your host, Cal, and joining me today is Tom, and unfortunately, Kerm is back, back with us as well I'm back. for the Round 11 Fantasy Preview. Yeah, you can't hold him Kerm, out for too skip... long, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll skip you, Kerm. Tom, how are you doing? Yeah, mate, I'm really good. Um, I've been really excited for this episode, knowing that Kerm was going to come back, and I'm just going to let him take the floor, mate. Yeah, well, it's good to be here. He couldn't keep me up for too much longer. The uh, the Manchester City jersey is hanging up there. Oh. Uh, so... <laughs> no, it was good. It was uh, trembling hands halfway through the game, but we ended up coming back to uh, spoil the Liverpool guys' quadruple shout. So it was always good. Always going to be good. How great for you. <laughs> great for you. <laughs> but we're going to be here, guys, because we're talking about fantasy football and of that of course is AFL and not the EPL before we get into that if you are new the reason we are here is because of game day squad so game day squad is Australia's first and currently only fantasy sport platform that uses blockchain technology so we currently have a footy game and a rugby league game coming out very very soon but packs alive you can start putting your team together we've got updates rolling out so if you have if you it sounds like something you're into and if you are here you do love your fantasy sports so I'm sure it is something all the descriptions, everything's below. Best place to get in touch is our Discord, where you'll see everything's where that's going on. But also our socials have everything up to date as well. So, guys, we are going to turn our attention to the week that's coming up. And, Kerm, like we do every week, you kick things off with a bit of news. I do, I do. And there's not a lot to kick us off with this week, but the big news is coming out of Geelong, and that's Patrick Dangerfield who is set to miss up to at least three weeks with a calf strain. So Tom's guy, Tom's comp, uh, we're going to be leaving him out of our teams for at least three weeks here. Um, Big news for the Demons. Christian Salem and Jack Viney could be back for them this week, which would be just an absolute massive inclusion for them. Not that they need any more help that they've got because they are absolutely on a roll. But the inclusions of Christian Salem and Jack Viney will do nothing but strengthen them, which is scary. Uh, Elliot Yo looks set to suit up for the Eagles coming off safety protocols this week. They need all the help they can get. Stark contrast from the Demons. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and massive news for the Kangaroos and fantasy sides because number one defender Aaron Hall from 2021 should be returning this week. So all eyes will be on him to see what he can do because he was sort of hot and cold at the start of the season. But a healthy Aaron Hall could mean some good things for a lot of fantasy coaches. Big news. They need it Big too. News. Well, that's absolutely. Huge. I do. love Hall being back. Wow. Been some um, not so good news going on around the Kangaroos at the moment. So, yeah, yep. any bit of news that is good is going to be well warmly received by the Kangaroos fans. Tom, we're going to chat about Pack of the Week. We're bringing it up on screen yes, now. Yes, bring it up, mate. The floor is yours. Jesus Let's talk about this pack. Christ. Yes, my favorite segment. And this week, we've had a nine-player pack submitted, which is awesome. So plenty of variety in there. And the winner is going to Carlton Jerry. And you can see there, I can't take my eyes off that platinum Sammy Walsh. He got his um, boy. Yeah, that is looking Carl, delicious. Yeah, Just in there, a couple of Swannies as well. Warner, um... Butler at the top, yep. and of course, how can you forget about Marcus Bontempelli, Bont. Platinum as well, the big Bont, coming off a big week as well, so what a great time to get a card like that. Um, congratulations, yeah, you've won the 3 by 3 common player pack this week to juice up that team a little bit more, but um, yeah, remember guys, the best way to submit your pack of the week is through our Discord, which Callum just shouted out before, so go join the Discord, you may as well, it's free. If not, alternatively, you can message us on our socials, which are all down below. So send them all there. 
and yeah, for your chance to win some free packs. That's an insane pack. I think that is the best pack we've seen. Nothing was beating that so this far. week. Yep. Yeah. Even best Peter Laddams. So if Tom Hickey's out, Peter Laddams is a great shout. Yeah. Just everywhere you look, every corner of that pack is fantastic. I can only imagine the emotions. Shout out. Count Jerry actually also opened a legend card. So only the third one Ooh. we've had released in our game. So if you are interested in finding out who, he, how he's packed, he has posted it. It's on our Discord. But we'll keep it a secret for those who only, who join up on Discord. Alrighty. If you are wondering why I've come back to this segment so red, it's because I've had about seven attempts to try and get this through. I'm now the colour of my jersey. So without trying to stumble it through again, we're just going to move straight on to the reason we're here, and that's talking about round 11 of the AFL Fantasy. So we're going to start by looking at questions of the round. Who wants to kick things off? I'll kick it off here, and it's going to be Stephen Coniglio, who was one of the bigger names coming out of round 10, who had his best game of the year by... <laughs> I can't... <laughs> Oh my god. I was trying so hard not to laugh the whole time. And then I looked at Kerm and you two. And I'm going to kick us off here with one of the bigger names coming out of round 10, and that is Stephen Coniglio, who had his best game by a country mile. What is going on? Coniglio, who had his like his best game by a country mile for GWS last week against, albeit a West Coast Eagles side, but with 36 disposals and 60% CBAs, I'm really interested to see what Stephen Coniglio we're going to get in round 11 here up against the Brisbane Lions, who should put up a bit more of a fight, you would think and hope. Um, but I'm really interested to see, and I'll have my eyes on him to see what he's going to produce this week. Yeah, I love that. And Brisbane Lions are coming off a really tight loss as well against Hawthorne. Um, only one goal yeah. in it last week, so they're going to look to bounce back as well. So that's a great question. Can GWS keep up with the the really hot lines right now? Yeah, and they might get Tim like Taranto that, yeah. back, so it'll be interesting to see how the dynamic works out, but I really liked what I saw from Coniglio last week. Yeah. yeah. Right. I hope Taranto's back. I'm going to be at that game. So, oh, yeah. That's a lose. I've got a, I've got a few games of footy lined up in a row. I'm super <laughs> excited. It starts off with that one. So, yeah, hopefully GWS can bring it in a bit of fight because, yeah, playing Lions is a good time. Yeah, bloody oath. But let me get into mine. Um, I've got a good question here. And when you think Carlton Blues this year, you automatically think Patrick Cripps because how can't you? But yeah. people so easily forget their saviour from last season, Sam Walsh. And just quietly, he is on an absolute tear right now in terms of fantasy production. Let me go through some numbers for you. Only once this season has he fallen below the 100-point Game Day squad fantasy score in a single game, averaging 13.8 kicks, 18 handballs per game, which is insane. That is at least 30 disposals every single game. So my question for Sammy Walsh is, is he going to crack into the top 10 for midfield production this year in fantasy? Or are we going to see him just sit outside? He's about 15th to 16th right now. It's not quite in the top 10 like he was last year. I want to make, I want to see if it can happen because I personally think he can. He's playing really good footy and um, he's going to be a fantasy stud for years to come. Yeah, that Carlton engine room is an absolute joke right now. With George Hewitt running through it and obviously Paddy Cripps playing at Brownlow Charlie level, it's insane what they're doing. And you can tell when Cal called it at the start, not to big him up anymore, but Carlton have made their way up the ladder. I think they're sitting third now, which is an yep. absolute joke. So Sammy Walsh is a big reason for that. Yeah, I have to listen to my parents now, both mad Carlton supporters go on and on about it. Um, 
dad's talking about how Carlton is the next uh, contender to Melbourne and that the Lions are Ooh. pretenders, the Swans are pretenders. He's gone through the whole list and made reasons as to why Carlton nice. is their second best team in the AFL. It made which, as if you happy would've. for him, but yeah, not so good when your team's not doing well and you have to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, good question. That's a good question, Tom. My question of the week is, does anyone know where Isaac Heaney's gone? No. This guy has felt, I feel like he's dropped off the face of the earth. Five games over 500 to start the year, but then since then, he's averaged under 85. And we thought we had some more CBA time coming for him, some more CBAs for him, and some more midfield time coming for him. But this is his CBAs in the last five weeks in percentages. 7, 33, 5, 6, 48. Just a whole bag of mixture of nothing, and then a couple of very, very low center CBAs in there as well. Even last game where he got 48% there, he only managed to get 91 points, which isn't even top six worthy for a forward because we want, obviously, them to score the hundreds that he was before. So, yeah, I just want to know where he's gone. I want him to come back. He's probably out there fishing somewhere. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if anyone knows where he is, please let us know. And that 48% would have come off the back of James Robottom being out too. So he should be back this week, and we could see him back in those single-digit CBA percentages again, which is really, really not what you want to see for Isaac Haney. And, mate, as a fan, I'm going to have to step in here and defend him a little bit. But for me personally, and why his production has gone down, is his goal kicking. At the start of the year, he was kicking at least two to three goals a game. Over the past couple of weeks, he's maxing out at about one, kicking multiple behinds and lots of these sort of games as well, which as we know in game day squad scoring for fantasy, that's a huge buffer. You get an extra two to three goals there. Maybe you are getting over that 100 mark and we're not putting him in this category of where has Heaney gone? He's just playing a little bit average. But yeah, for me, he really needs to start kicking straight in front of goals and yeah, just impacting the game. Impacting yeah. the game's a big one because he can win a game off his own boot, but he's just not getting around the footy as much as he used to for me. And even his last big score against the Lions, he had some junk time goals at the end of the game. Yeah, yeah. And it's almost kind of become a thing between me and my girlfriend, who's a Swans fan, about how late he loves to just rack up touches and goals. And I love Heaney. I think he's fantastic. I think he's maybe one of the best players at his best that isn't sort of fantasy relevant, if you will like a Jacob Wiedering type person, someone that's never going to be sort of 150 consistently, but on the footy field, it was always better than their output. But yeah, no, it just hasn't been it recently. It's been disappointing. But we're going to roll on to our rolling dream teams. And because last week, we obviously couldn't get our show out through technical technical difficulties. So it's been a couple of weeks. So there might've been a couple of changes from our last show. But Kerm, I'll throw to you. You can kick things off. What changes have you made this week? This week, I've gone and made a couple changes, actually. I've taken out Jake Lloyd from Sydney, Backman, and taken Crisp off my bench and chucked him into the starting lineup. I think that was well overdue. Um, Crisp has been one of the best defenders in the league so far and has been definitely the most consistent for me. So Crisp is going to sit in my back line probably till the end of the season, if I had to guess. Um, and Jake Lloyd does make room for him, which I think you did last week, Cal, with the show that wasn't published. Yep. But on my bench, and you might think, what the hell is Kerm smoking? But I've brought in Mark Blixarves to go yeah, onto right. my bench. Um, he's a defender in our game, and over the last five games, Blixarves is averaging 115 GDS fantasy points. And interestingly enough, when he hits, when he gets over 10 or more hitouts per game, he averages 123 GDS fantasy points. So when he plays that ruck role, he's one of the best defenders in the league for me. 
Yeah, wow. Well, you threw yeah. me a huge curveball, man. That is the yeah. last thing I was expecting. But the numbers don't lie, do they? I had to get the numbers out yeah. for the boys because I thought the reactions were going to come. I saw the faces on the screen, but Mark Blixars is here to stay for me. He's on the bench for now. I'm not putting him in the starting lineup, but if he keeps reducing as a Rockman, see what happens. Yeah, fair enough. You've been drinking champagne since Monday morning. But yeah, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. Tom, what have you done this week? Yeah, let me take over, mate. Um, some people might call my midfield now the Melbourne Demons midfield. Let me get into it and how that has occurred. <laughs> but I have gone Jack Steele to the bench for now. You know I love my boy Jack Steele, but unfortunately he's just not playing at the moment, so I had to put him on the bench. I've dropped Tom Mitchell from the team completely after coming off his best Good. week in a very long time. Still, um, I've been talking. I'm not too big on Tom Mitchell, but I've replaced him with Clayton Oliver who is coming off a monstrous week, getting over 40 disposals in the game that he had. Um, scored about 170 off memory in the show. It was just ridiculous. So I've now got Oliver, Petrarca, and Gorn all in the midfield. Maybe the most dangerous and dynamic trio in footy right now. The triple stack, I'm super pumped about, and uh, it's exciting. I love that. One of the best trios in history, I reckon, personally. Yeah, when they're up and about, they're very, very good. I was just going to quickly ask you, Kerm, if you had to pick a redhead between Clayton Oliver and Cameron Ling, who are you taking? I'm taking Clary. I don't like Cameron Ling. I don't like his commentary. It's put me off him as a player for good. So, yeah, I'll, I'll take Clary. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Easy answer. Done. Easy answer. My rolling dream team. Guys, I've, I've pulled the trigger on a trade, only one this week, but it's a biggie. And it's going to come as a big, big shock. So are you sitting down? Sitting down, socks are on. Yeah. Fantastic. I can, can confirm I can see you both sitting down, so I can continue. <laughs> Callum Mills has come into the team, but the bloke has dropped out of it's my squad completely. Time. Patrick Cripps. Oh, wow. And you guys <laughs> know how much I've been banging this Patrick Cripps. Um, I still think he's going to win the Brownlow. I'm sticking with that. But at the moment, what? he's playing this weird sort of ruck role while their ruckman's out at the moment, Pittenet or whatever, however you pronounce that name. And it's he's doing this weird thing with Silvani and he's not he's not actually playing as a midfielder. And Mills is just too hot right now to leave out. And you look at my other guys, I'm like, who am I going to drop? Smith? No. Neil? No. Brayshaw? No. Oliver? No. He's just the one not performing at the moment. So I hate to see it. But yeah, sorry, Paddy Cripps. I will have you back in a heartbeat. But yeah, he sorry, bought up all the real estate, sold on the oh, yeah. high. And now he's taking profits. Look at him, this cheeky bugger, man. He's just he's like our Paddy the Cripps. Too. Did you hear that? I'll have you back anytime. Yeah. <laughs> that is huge, though. That is another curveball that, that is I was massive. not expecting after all the raps we've given him and you talking about how he's brown low lock three weeks in. <laughs> your boy, he's your boy. I was telling you he was a brown low lock one week in. I was calling up Sportsbet to cash me out. Didn't have a bar of it. Alrighty, guys, we're going to finish things off with our final couple of segments here, starting with Hot Seat. Who wants to kick things off with who we're throwing in the seat this week? I've got a hot one, and I'm, I'm going to kick us off here with the Warpedo from Hawthorne, James Warple. I Ooh. don't think he's been anywhere near what he is supposed to be. He's, he was sort of touted as the, the Robin to Tom Mitchell's Batman at one point. And he just has not been that at all. So when when he first ascended into fantasy relevance a couple of years ago, he really took that second in charge in the engine room 
took the keys off Tom Mitchell when he wasn't there and really excelled in that in that role. But to me, he just has not been that at all so far this season. And what's interesting enough is that he has been hit, impacting the scoreboard as well, kicking six goals. But he's only been, been able to average 66 GDS fantasy points in his last five games, which just isn't good enough for James Warple and someone you'd expect to be up there as a fantasy-relevant player for a, for a Hawthorne side that just has been really good with John Newcomb getting in there and Dylan Moore excelling in different roles, but James Warple has just been pushed to the side for me. Yeah. Yeah, looking at his stats here, he's going backwards. Even Dylan Moore didn't, didn't even well. realise, just hasn't been a player that's been on my radar. Yeah. But for good reason too, gee. He's a nobody enough. now. Yeah. I hate to say it because he's a good player to watch when he's on song and he's had it. I think he had a good game against North Melbourne, but yeah. Nowhere Big near. asterisk next to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just funny, you know. Hawthorne are doing so well with that. He's struggling to really have great production and consistent production week in and week out. Definitely a funny situation to see. But uh, let me head into my hot seat pick. And it's going to be Nick Dacos. I'm putting him in the hot seat. And after Ooh, a great... Oh, wowee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, guys. Look, I know I know the fourth pick in the draft. It might be a little bit rough to put him in this. But hear me out. Um, after an awesome introduction into the AFL, both for the Pies and in terms of fantasy production, it seems that he's entered a little bit of a lull period. I'll quickly go through stats for this season so far. It's 13 kicks, 11.5 handballs, and 5 marks for the season. Um, But how far can he go? And can we expect a bounce back from Dacos, like he was doing earlier in the season, getting those 100 fantasy scores per game? Or are we going to continue to see him just loll out and uh, average out a little bit lower towards that 80 range? And Callum, it's coming off the start of the week or the last week where you were mentioning how rookies this year in the draft haven't been so productive and none of them are really looking that great um, in the first years. Always a little bit tough for those sort of guys coming into the AFL and trying to be fantasy dominant. And I think that's just the case for seeing he would take off. So I still have... Really big hopes and aspirations for him in terms of dynasty. But right now, this season, I'm not really liking what I'm seeing and I can't warrant playing him in my team. Interesting. Spicy. It's fair enough. He did have such a hot start. Three games over 100 in his first four and then hasn't been back there since. His average is still pretty good. It's still 90 plus, but you're right. It's definitely tailing off, um, which you, you expect to see, right? Of like course. the guys start hot and then they get figured out and they get game planned for once other teams know. So you expect that drop off. But yeah, absolutely. No, I like that. That is, um, that's a good hot seat. Now, I'll give you mine one. I've zagged again here. I've, I've just had a bit of a chaotic week. I've just thrown, uh, Monday morning Kerm has thrown everything out to me <laughs> after the, the, the This whole week so ruined. Just, just on a bit of a rampage this week so i wanted to put heaney in here but i didn't want to double things up again so i'm gonna zag and i'm gonna give you a team and tom you're not gonna like this either i'm gonna call out your swans oh god here we go. i'm gonna mute you guys can have it out <laughs> i told you at the start of the year that the swans would miss the eight and i knew it was bold but i had some thinking behind it but i just thought it's fair enough i just thought that there was something a little bit off at the start of the year. Mm. But they have been better than I thought. A lot of their second-year players have been better. But in, when tested this year, the Swans haven't played up to a top-six level that a lot of people had them at. So they've had losses to the Lions, Carlton, Gold Coast, and Dogs. But when you go through their wins, it's only against the Giants, North, Eagles, Hawks, Essendon, and then the Cats on the back of some buddy greatness. Not the most 
inspiring sort of teams they beat, and admittingly yeah. you can only play the teams in front of you. But against against the Dogs, against Carlton, against Lions, some top four opposition, some potential top four opposition, they have crumbled. So they've got games now against Tigers, Melbourne, Port, and Saints heading into the bye. And I don't think it's out of the realm of the possibility that they could go one and three in those games and then all of a sudden be in a scrap for finals. I'll tell you what. So you have some they do have a good run home. As a they have a good fan. run home. Yeah, they've got a good run <laughs> home. So I will say that. I still think they will make it. I'm not going to double down on my preseason pick, but I'm just not liking the Swans and how they're playing this year. So still time to change it around, but yeah, disappointing for me. So I'm putting them on the hot seat. You know what? I'll rebuttal one point. Um, I think it's quite fair that you have put them in the hot seat because you know what? They're definitely not living up to the expectation, especially that they set for themselves at the start of the year, you know, coming out so hot, looking so dominant. But um, against these top teams, we have been losing, but I feel like we've been very competitive in all of these games um, against the Lions, against Carlton. It hasn't been a blowout. We've always been in it. We just haven't been able to, you know, step up in the fourth quarter and eventually get that win. Um, so that's that's the difference. If you're going to play September footy, you have to step up in the fourth and make those game-winning plays um, week in and week out, and that's just not what we're doing right now. Maybe a lot of that's off the back of your Isaac Heaney comment before, there's probably some other issues in the team as well. But I'm really hoping personally that we can start turning it around and get some more wins because we were looking so good. I'd love some more yeah. goal options because like, Lance Franklin's been great and we spoke about Heaney early on in the season being so damaging and, and petering off. And I really liked um, Ben Ronk when he was playing. I think he's a really good young player. But the likes of Errol Gould and Will Hayward are going in and out of games and not impacting the scoreboard as much as they should be. So I'd love some more goal goal threats up front that's not named Lance Franklin. Absolutely. Even Papley. He can go missing in games. He's just yeah, Papley as well. Papley is the guy because he yeah. is a difference maker because the thing with him is he doesn't need to have a big game to have a big influence. Correct. He's kind of the heartbeat of that team. He scores one goal. If you're down by 30, you're down by five or you're up by 30. He's as passionate as anyone else on the ground. He lifts that whole team. So Here's getting that, him on the scoreboard. Um, the Max a bit King more. about him. Six kicks, six goals last week. Yeah. Don't have to get many. <laughs> you just need to get some quality from in front. Yeah, and I think getting Hickey back as well will definitely improve that team as well. You can send Laddams down forward. He was quite handy as sort of that sort of second option in the ruck that can play yeah. as a tall forward. Absolutely. And I've often thought I've often thought that watching the Swans play, they just miss that second key forward to take that pressure off Franklin. Um so yeah. I still think they can turn it around, but yeah, want to see how they go. Particularly, like I said, tough four games yeah, coming up. Spicy, but um, warranted. Yeah, I get to go watch Port in Sydney. I booked my tickets today. First time I'll ever get to watch Port as a home fan. I'm so excited and I can't wait for them to roll the swans. <laughs> Take the cap off, man. I'll quickly move on. <laughs> I'll quickly move on to stat of the week, guys. So less of sort of a hard stat and more something I just wanted to talk through. The AFL published their list of the average age per team and the average games played per team. And so I'm going to run through. I'll start off with the average age Can per team. Can we just team. get a so guess? This is all the... Quick guess. Yeah, that's what I was going to do. Oldest team, Geelong. Can you give me... Most games, Geelong. Yep. <laughs> yep, correct, correct. Easy, easy. Can you guess who the bottom three for average for per t- for the average age? We'll start with that one there. That's probably the easier one. Average age. Bottom three. Yeah. Interesting. I want to say the Suns, but maybe Hawthorne beats them out. Hawthorne. That's a great pick. Hawthorne's third youngest. Okay. Suns is about seventh, eighth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Can I go Essendon? Youngest. Essendon's second youngest. Yep. 
Okay, and then the youngest team right now. Lions? No, nah, Lions are third young, oh, oldest. Okay, yeah, wow, what am I thinking? <laughs> they got young players, but they've got some old players yeah. in there. you got your riches and stuff bringing them up. Uh, I'll I give it to you. Dockers, but Monday, uh, Monday, Monday puts me off them. He brings that average up at least Frio's four years. Fifth. Yeah. <laughs> old Monday. Youngest team is Adelaide. Oh, wow, well, okay. Oh, man. Yeah. Yep. So, can compare that to the average games played per team where the bottom three is Adelaide at one, Eston at two, and Frio at three. So, what is interesting there as well is you look at Carlton, they're four for games played and sixth for average age. So, Swans are seventh and then up, up really high for the games. There's some, some interesting numbers comparing the two. Yeah, but wow. It is really, really exciting. If you're a Freo fan, I know they've had a rough couple of weeks um, and potentially a rough game against Melbourne coming up. Although, sneaky, I reckon they could get the job done at the MCG. They're just sort of that team, I reckon, out of nowhere can steal a win they've just got some awesome awesome players but you look at that and you go yeah fifth youngest team in the comp third fewest games it's pretty exciting I'll tell stuff. you what that Ruckman matchup between Ferio and the Demons is going to be one to watch I'll be definitely keeping oh, my yeah. eye on Darcy and Gorn going at it head to head all day and then both midfields just so elite and electric um, that's going to be a cracker game to watch cannot wait for that one yeah I agree I agree on the flip side when you look at this list some things that concern me is Collingwood has the sixth oldest average team played and the sixth most games. So they're normally pretty in line. Like I said, those bottom teams are not doing so well and those top teams, Geelong, Richmond, they're sort of up near the top or a bit more competitive. But yeah, Collingwood's the team that has a very old average team played for where it probably is in its rebuild. So that was the one that stuck out for me. Nothing too alarming. Yeah, wow. If they were at the top of the list, I'm going to be a bit more, but yeah. That is my stat of the week. Go check that out. There was an article cool. from AFL.com last week. I was trying to put off going on to the last segment here, and that is lock of the week. Tom, I know you've been wanting to speak about this for, what, a week now? Go on, Thomas. Put it, I reckon you wanted to. You, you sort of spoke this into existence before the week, so you wanted to speak about this for ages. Yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. It. yeah, let me just kick it off, guys. You know that I've needed this, and after a long, <laughs> long time, I've picked Adam Trelaw. I locked him in for 115 game day squad fantasy points, and we went bang, bang, bang. We got it. Adam Trelaw, we love to see it. Um, I needed this not only for my physical, but mental health as well on the show. Um, it, it was a long time. He was going to quit. We were going through a huge drought. Um, and <laughs> we, if you want, we finally come out on the other end. And um, this week, I really need to keep, continue this going. I need to put this out in the universe, you know, positive vibes, good energy. So I'm Ooh, going with a manifestation. That um, might affect you one of you. Out? Yeah, look, man, I really hope it doesn't turn back with me because it's one of your players from your teams. Oh, no. And I'm going with Tuke Miller. Teams. Oh, I'm locking him in for, again, 115 game day squad fantasy points against Hawthorne this weekend. Uh, it is going to be an excellent game. And the Suns have a chance of taking points in this one. Tuke Miller is going to be a crucial part of them doing so. So, um, Tuke Miller, Kerm, I'm so sorry if my curse goes on the Tuke Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I think it's broken. I've broken the curse and we've Kerm moved on. finally has so. a winnable game. Yeah. And there you are, you've, you've cursed You've just got ruined it. Oh. I'm sorry, man. All right. I believe in Tuke, though. That's why. I believe yeah, he's going to go true. out there. That's he's true. dropping. I was going to put him for more, but I think 115 safe. And Hawthorne, the team who stopped your man, Cal, last week. Who was that? You enlighten me. 
Lockie Neal. Lockie Neal. Let him down. to erase it from my memory. Yeah, some people say, Callum, you're only as good as your last week. And that means me and Cam <laughs> are on top, baby. Let's go. Uh, yeah, he had a, he had a stinker um, by his standards. He still scored 109 points, but for Lockie Neal's standards, that's a stinker. Yeah. Um, for the record, I liked this segment a lot better when I was winning. <laughs> um, and I'm going to actually follow you this week, Tom. And I saw what you did with Trelaw, and I'm like, you know what? I want a piece of that myself. You want some? He's All playing right. West Coast, so I'm going to lock him in for 110, which is about his average at the moment. I think he'll go even higher, but I'm, I've am i gone, what, 0-3. I need to get on the win on the board, so I'm locking in at 110. Yeah. We thought long and hard about this one. He has the oh, chance yeah. to kick, like, six this weekend, honestly, against West Coast, so I love that pick. It's going to be there, the opportunity for sure. And Kerm, what about you, Kerm? On top, what do you? What strategy are you going <laughs> to this I, week? I can't see you guys from down there. It's it's hard to hear. I had to turn you up on my laptop. But last week I had Ollie <laughs> so Wines score. <laughs> Ollie Wines, one of Cal's boys, to score 112 plus against Geelong, and he went and did. I think he finished on 119. So yeah, I was going to reach for that 120, but I came back down last minute to 112, and I'm glad I did. So that's another green one for me. Um, and going into this week, I've gone with someone who I've written about, uh, wrote about last week in the captain's blog, and it's Brad Crouch, who's going to be meeting North Melbourne um, early on Sunday. So without Jack Steele, I expect Brad Crouch to continue on his good form, um, and I've got him down for 110, maybe a little bit conservative, but I really want to keep this streak going. So, yeah, let's go Brad Crouch. He's been sneakily good, like, all year. Yeah. Love that pick from you, Matt. Kerm, I like that pick a lot. Guys, that's going to wrap us up, though. That has been another episode of the Footy Game Day Squad Show. If you have come this far, please do consider giving us a like and a subscribe. It does really go a long way in getting our content out there and helping us produce more and more as we are planning the build-up for the launch, the full launch of Game Day Squad. Make sure you go check out everything before. Like I said, that Discord is below. Go check out that Legend card. It is really, really sick. And guys, make sure you stay game day ready and enjoy the fantasy week ahead. Cheers.